Teacher, what star is that? Down. They can't hang when we bang from Compton to the Bay Town. <laughs> that was MC8 with Spice One Murder Show. Old school West Coast. Look at the hand, West Side. Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are now locked in to Side Life Radio, and I am your host, Adisa the Bishop, aka the Black Dragon of the West Side. A- A.K.A. Zato Ichi. A.K.A. Who? What? The South Bay Shogun. A.K.A. The Iron Hook Assassin. A.K.A. The Black Cortez Killer. Catch me in the mission. You know what I'm saying? That is I. I am him. Ain't nobody triller than me, homeboys and girls. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, health, and fitness trends. Ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium like Adisa the Bishop. So you can be down now, baby, or you can bow down later because the West Coast OGs, they stay greater. It's just what we do from the West. It's how we roll. If this is your first time listening, please understand that this may not be the best thing. Uh, but a show enough is the West thing. Uh, but a show enough is the West thing. Uh, but a show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough, show enough is the West thing. You like how that stomp was? Where my DJ at? Now it is time for you to do me that quick favor. It is time for you to do Mike a quick favor. It is time for me to first thank you for already, those of you who have done this favor, subscribe. Where? Where? I'm glad you asked. YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, a mix cloud, a Libsyn. Or you can just go to, yeah, www.bishopchronicles.com. And then, you know, click what you need to click. But click. And listen, I know you saw in the last one, I did this thing on Posse Cuts. This is important. We got a Facebook page. It's on Facebook, right? Okay. So go to Facebook, look up Bishop Chronicles podcast page, and I'm going to start posting the lists that I create from each show there. So go there. The Posse Cut list is there. This week's list will be there. And you're going to want to hear and listen and tune in, man. I've had the Facebook page for a while and I haven't even been mentioning it because I'm really silly. But go to the Facebook page, check out my Spotify list because for the next few shows, I'm going to be breaking down like some of my favorite lists like, you know, like uh, uh, in the show with Dr. Suad, right? We talked about favorite posse cut jams. My boy called me all the way from Saudi Arabia to chastise me for not having scenario on my list. Now, I love scenario. And if you listen to that whole episode, you know how I feel about scenario. 
but scenario and all the other posse cuts and others are there. And if you have suggestions to me for who else should be on that list, I'll I'll put it on, like, without question. Without question. You know what I'm saying? We're going to build these lists together. We're going to build these lists together and document what we love. Anyway, my whole point is check out the Facebook page. Um, And as always, I'm going to remind you to please pass this on to at least one friend. Right? Every show, pass on to one friend. That's what I'm always going to ask you to do. You ain't got to email your whole uh, uh, group at the job. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to ask your whole uh, family list on AOL.com to, hey, everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But think about it and be like, you know what? You know who would like this? My homegirl. And then you're going to call her up and go, yes, queen, yes. This is this podcast, girl. It's going to enrich you. It's like it's like shea butter in spoken form. And she'd be like, for real, girl? You'd be like, yes, queen, shea butter. And now it is time to go to the heartbeat props where we, your assignment, if you wish to take it, is to call three people speak for five minutes and tell them why you appreciate them. And you do this while they're alive. That's the point. You don't wait until people pass to give them their props. And so let me right now give some props out. Okay. Okay. On IG at her name is J, but the J is J A E. Her name is J at her name is J. Now I'm talking about Jelani Turner Williams, writer for Business Insider India, did a piece on Comp Tazo. If you haven't heard that episode, it's a few back. Um, she was one of the she was one of the people that I that I was lucky enough to teach at Camp Tazo. And she's an amazing writer. She writes for hella people. She's really good at it. And she did a piece for Business Insider India um, about, you know, the entire Tazo camp with RZA, how it was, what the other campers felt, what they learned. And um, it was just such a reminder. You know, she shouted me out real quick. But beyond my shout out, beyond my shout out, it was just a great reminder of what a pivotal time that was for me personally. As, as, a, as a teacher and a lover of hip-hop culture. So I wanted to give Jelani Turner-Williams, um, um, for real, uh, some prayer hands and a head bow. As uh, That was a great story, and I appreciate you. I appreciate all the Comptazo campers and everybody who helped make it happen. So, yeah, mad, mad, mad respect, you know what I'm saying? And it is in that vein that I'm just going to give a, a, a quick shout-out to two people I know um, – it's going to sound like name dropping, but I just got to say how happy uh, both of these people made me. First is at RZA, RZA, you better follow the Abbot. You better download his whole meditations uh, set. I think it's on Spotify, iTunes. I think it's even on YouTube um, because him and Premier, DJ Premier, had an amazing battle, but it wasn't really a battle and it was really fresh because I went on to Uprox with two X's, Uprox, and saw RZA and... Talib Kweli, right, at Talib Kweli, um, discussed the battle. And he was like, yo, it wasn't a battle to me. It was a celebration. And you know that's what I told my boy. Me and Mike was watching that. I was like, this ain't no battle. These dudes are vibing. You know what I'm saying? I know it's called Versus, right? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Swiss Beat. Shout out to Timbaland and everybody else who's been involved with setting up these 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 um 
these producer battles, but he was like, yo, it was a celebration, you know? And I love the, the spirit with which they spoke to each other, how they admired each other's work, you know? It wasn't done in the, in the, what has, you know, what started off in the, in the hip hop battles in between rappers, uh, DJs, B-boys as like a friendly, but highly spirited competition, right? To see who's best. And I think that's when hip hop, chess, martial arts and whatnot are always going to be the best when there's a competition because it forces you to bring the best in you out. Like, man, like the honor that they had for each other was amazing. And it was almost like 900,000 people came out. And what does that tell you? Stop letting people tell you old school hip hop don't matter. Stop letting people tell you that old school hip hop, uh, don't, people don't care, et cetera, et cetera. And this is why I told you all these corporate radio stations are liars, man. When they be, well, nobody wants to hear that old stuff. No, they do. And the ones that don't, don't know what they want to hear. So play for them what's best for them from the subculture, you know? So I wanted to thank Premier and I wanted to thank uh, RZA for their amazing, amazing sets. On Spotify, I know at least one person has put up the entire series of records back to back. So if you want to hear that back to back, uh, you should. But I want to thank all the above for enriching my life through their contributions to hip hop. And I want to thank them for what they've given uh, for hip hop, right? People don't even think about all the sacrifices a lot of people make to bring you their best art, what they had to endure to bring it. So now go call. Three people for five minutes. Be very specific about why you appreciate them and let them know that you do. West Side Word of the Week is not really um, a word. It's a place. West Side Word of the Week is Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, y'all. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, yes, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. West Side Word of the Week brought to you by the streets because they're not playing. Why would I promote Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Why would I do that? Here, lean to the speaker. Lean in. Closer. Closer. Fool, have you ever had these chicken and waffles? They are out of control. These are the best waffles on the known earth. You better go get in line and get you some. First of all, Roscoe's chicken and waffles is an L.A. thing. Now, in the Bay, we do have some spots that have chicken and waffles, but ain't nobody like Roscoe's. And that's no disrespect to anybody. First of all, who came up with the idea of chicken and waffles? Obviously, it had to be Roscoe. But what I'm saying is you don't know how good those waffles are, right? And I understand because I grew up on Ego and I grew up on whatever the other ones are in the refrigerator section. No, blood. That's not what's happening. These things are ridiculous. And you might be like, well, I'm vegetarian. Well, I'm vegan. Hey, guess what? Just get the waffles, maybe. Eh, well, maybe there's milk in them and you'd be mad about that or butter. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm just telling you, bruh. Roscoe's. So now it's time for the chess and life strategy section, right? Remember, in this quarantine, I'm encouraging all of you to learn chess and play chess. You should start by just going to chess.com and setting up an account. I am not paid by them to tell you that. It's just an easy way to, you know, set up and get started. After you do that, um, I encourage you to download in your phone chess puzzles. Those are uh, positional puzzles like checkmate in one, checkmate in two, checkmate in three. But it's also like um, move your king to safety and where is the fork and things like that, right? Where is the skewer? And what it does is it helps you refine your what I call chess vision. Like how do you see the board? What are your opportunities? You know, um, 
and and what are your threats and things like that. So um, I encourage you to start playing chess, right? And don't worry about Jimmy being a chess master. I am not a chess master. I like the game. I'm decent at it. You know what I'm saying? But like, I ain't no chess master, blood. I'm not like Josh Waitzkin, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like Jen Shahadi, you know what I'm saying? Not like Hu Yi Fan, you know what I'm saying? She raw, bro. I'll get destroyed. That's not the point. The point is how to learn about how you think, about how you create structure in your brain, about how you finish what you start, about how you understand risk and risk assessment, about how you be a leader for your life. So now that all that said, I want to, you know, like a lot of times I talk about the tactics, right? I'm going to tell a short story about teaching in juvenile hall. A lot of people uh, know that I teach chess and life strategy um, in juvenile hall, um, and I've done that for years for HHCF. And I went to my blog, hiphopchess.blogspot.com. Go to my blog and put in juvenile hall, you'll see a ton of stories. So this is one of them. And I'm starting the story like this. I went in, there was a kid who was talking too much, right, when I was trying to... um, Give my give give my lesson for the day. And so I told him he needed to chill. He didn't want to chill. So he tried to hop up out of his seat and get at me like he wanted to fight. I just sat there chilling. I mean, I was standing, but. And so he started walking towards me. He's like, what's up, man? You know what I'm saying? Stop talking to me. I was like, I'm not going to stop talking. This is my class. You're going to need to sit down. You need to lower your voice. Now, there's JIOs, which are like the COs. And there's a glass, a big, like, big glass window on one of the walls. So they're watching and listening because the room is mic'd. So they always know what's going on. So he started coming toward me. The JIOs came in and I was like, you better get your boy. They snatched him, drug him out. He was kicking and screaming. When they grabbed him, another kid hopped up and was like, yo, get off my boy. Turned into this whole bunch of mayhem. And everybody thought because I look like Steve Urkel with cuts in a six pack. (laughs) That's right. That I must have been some kind of dude who was shook dog, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, all right, cool. So now, and I just kept going. And that day, one of the guys who taught meditation was one of my jujitsu students, an adult. And so I left and didn't trip. And when he came, the the pod was wild and the unit was wild. And he was like, yo, you know, the kid, you know, we'll call him Steve right now because I don't remember his name. Steve was trying to fight uh, Mr. Bishop in the hall, man. It was crazy. And uh, my student was like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? That fool's going to give it. He was like, man, y'all lucky those JLs got a hold of him, blood. They was like, why? What are you talking about? It was like, blood, Bishop will twist that fool and break everything. Are you nuts? That's my jujitsu teacher. You are a... He got lucky, bro. Deese would have put real <laughs> hands on that young fool, bro. He got touched by an angel. So I knew that the energy from that was going to be like a big deal. And my boy called me. He's like, yo, I heard Steve try to get at you. I was like, man, you know I wasn't tripping. He's like, I know, man. I told him. You would have put hands on him, but they didn't know. I said, I know. That's not, you know what I'm saying? I don't really come in like that because I'm not trying to be alpha out, making fools try to be scared of me. You know what I'm saying? So when I came in the next day, one of the young essays, when I came in, I was like, how's everybody doing? Everybody was hella quiet. They sat down. I know the JIOs got at him, but I also knew they felt bad. Now, the kid who, who tried to get at me, he came in and he was like, what's up, man? Can I come into class? I was like, no. He was like, but I apologize. I was like, that's cool. But you know what? You wasted everybody's time plus mine. You wasted everybody's time plus mine. So you need go, you're going to need to go back to your pod and think about 
how you need to respect the OGs who come in and try to lace you. Because I wasn't doing nothing but trying to lace you, right? I wasn't rude to you. You was rude to me. I accept your apology. I'm going to need you to go back to the pod. He's a man, that's weak, man. Fuck you, bud. You know what I'm saying, OG? Hey, hey, hey. That's what got you locked up last time, bud. Go back, bud. You know what I'm saying? He was hella mad. So that sets the stage for what's next. I have a computer set up to a screen, and the screen has a picture of a man, black and white. One, the man is uh, having his picture taken by the police. He has disheveled hair. And the next, he has a suit on. And under that, it says, intelligence without discipline is a curse, in all caps, with exclamation points. And then I went into reminding them that I chose to be there. I told them, I struggled with drinking and I did a lot of stupid things in high school, but I never got caught, I told them. I dropped out. I had to teach myself the bulk of everything I'm doing today. But I need you to respect my time. If you are not interested in living better than you are, go back to your room. And I let that silence hang and they all sat there in that silence. You know, between the games, I hear you all talking about how the streets love you, about how the block has your back. But when I come in the morning, I don't see any of them lined up to see you. Nobody is checking to kick it with you. Where all that hood love at? Hmm? Because I don't see it. And I'm eyeballing all of them. They were staring at me with a lot of raw emotion. We can't have friends here. Only family. One of the boys snapped back. Before I could respond, uh, a J.I.O. in the room with a voice like Barry White. He mean, he had a big old voice, blood. He said, so what? Where y'all letters at? Ain't nobody writing y'all. Keep it real. Nobody checking for you. Then he looked at me. And he gave me the nod like, continue. I gave him a nod and I was like, the hood ain't missing you. The block don't miss you. The block don't miss me. None of us are special. And when we're gone, it keeps going on. My point of saying this ain't to hurt your feelings. My point is to ask you if that is a fact. Why do some of you come into my class and waste my time and my knowledge and my wisdom that I'm trying to bring to you? I was not yelling, but there was what Bruce Lee called emotional content in my voice. For the rest of your life, it is unlikely that you're going to meet someone that actually knew Pac, knew the Jacka, knew Easy, knew Helio Gracie, knew all these different people, right? Some of the greatest to ever do their thing. I'm wearing a college sweatshirt at the time. I pulled at the shirt at my shoulders and I said, these colleges I speak at? I taught myself everything that I go there and speak on. I lecture there because of everything I did by reading on my own. All those hours I put in to get that knowledge, I bring it to you from a place of love. And because I don't know you, but I do know what's waiting for you outside these walls. Then I jumped in deeper. Most of you don't even understand how you got here. You don't know about the FBI programs. You don't know about Black Pro and another one called COINTELPRO. They were aimed at undermining black leadership coast to coast. And they had an army of 3,000 informants. J. Edgar Hoover, FBI, CIA. They was trying to get black people to take heroin. But blacks didn't like needles. 
Mostly the white kids like needles. Later, that movement turned into crack. Later, that syrup, right? All y'all taking that syrup and that codeine, that promethazine and all them opiates, you are living the dream that J. Edgar Hoover wanted for your grandparents. One of the kids raised his hand. He was one of the smartest and best in the room, actually. Stop talking about syrup so much. Because I want some right now. That's how addiction works, man. Look, I continued. The closer you are to those drugs, the closer you are to making a mistake that will keep you locked up. And it is not an accident. These come from pharmaceutical companies. You can't make this stuff at the house. How is it that America is able to sell you all these illegal things and then arrest you for the illegality that you express through doing what's accessible? It's not, it's not a game. It's a system for real. So then I started talking to him about the difference between check and checkmate. What is the difference between check and checkmate? I said, what is the good thing about being in check, though? I asked the strongest player in the room, a Latino in the back. He nodded and he turned to the class and he said, the good thing about being in check is that there's always a way out. There's still a way out. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That is the blessing. I'm telling you now, stay sober, study, play this game and find your way out. That's the way you can win. That's how you can get out. But you got to let me help you so you can see the way out. More stories like that on hiphopchess.blogspot.com or Bobby Bruce in the Bronx. It's a book, Kindle, paperback on Amazon. And now it is time for the haiku. 17 syllables, three lines. A Japanese poem. It does not always rhyme, but most of mine do. The first line is five syllables. The second is seven. The third is five. Five, seven, five. Practice. Write one today. Okay? It's not as easy as you think. And it forces you to be really kind of deliberate with what you share. All right, all right. I always got to set the scene. I always got to set the scene for these haikus. And I really do want you to write one because it's fun, right? The limiting nature of like how you get to write the five, seven, five, it forces you to be much more visual, it forces you to be much more deliberate in what you say and what you don't say. So I gotta set the scene. Imagine we're at the beach. Mike, give me some waves. You know, not hardcore like I'm gonna die waves, but you know waves. Yes, yes, yes. And now, you know, I always usually like some type of other instrument in the mix. And, and Mike, I'm gonna be weird on this one. Don't trip though, don't trip. You know what I like, bro? A didgeridoo. You know them Australian things, the, the Aborigines be... Give me some of that didgeridoo vibe, bro. Now, right, here we go. This is dedicated to tea. I dedicate this to tea itself. And the joy I get from it. Here we go. Tea leaves float around. Honey droplets on my cup. Now is sweet enough. <laughs> Pay attention to the wisdom from the top. Tea leaves. 
float around. Honey droplets on my cup. Now is sweet enough. Haiku, boy. Haiku of the week, know what I mean? Yo, if you be following me at Bishop Chronicles on IG or at Real Hip Hop Chess, send me one of your haikus. Or if you know dope pages of haikus, send me those haiku pages because I love it. I absolutely love it. I love haikus. So let me tell you what's really going on right now. So, you know, I told you the other week I was pretty like not focused, you know, and I got away from the class that I was taking online. I don't know, like I wasn't sure whether I was like super if I was depressed on the low or if I had some anxiety, but like I wasn't really motivated. So this week I got back to it. I got back to jogging. I got back to yoga. I got back to meditating and I feel good about what I've been doing. But I know that it's hard. And I've had some friends, some really good people um, through the last uh, weeks, you know, come to me. Some of them are are very depressed. You know, some of them are dealing with substance issues that deal with alcohol. Some of them are dealing with just like the idea of loneliness. Like they can't stand the um, just not being around people. You know, I'm an introvert, but we talked about this before. A lot of people are extroverted and other people are just kind of in the middle. They like social engagement more and it's hurting them. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't totally hurting me, but but not really. I mean, seriously, it's it's very little. Like I'm not tripping. But I let go of the class. I was like, you know what? For whatever reason, I'm 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 not in the mind state to stay with it. Um, but what I did is I started thinking, well, how can I really improve myself during this time, right? If I'm not going to take this class right now, what am I going to do? And so I told you, I'm reading The Method, The Practical Path to Living Your Purpose and Potential by Dr. Tracy Thomas, also known as Dr. T. I told you I met Dr. T on the flight to New York to go meet up with Riz and them. His book is great. And I looked at the book and I was like, man, you should finish that book already. And I remember, this is a true story. Years ago, me, DJ Vlad, and my man DJ Cool Kyle were working on a book called Chicken Soup for the Hip Hop Soul. We even signed a contract to do it, but it got killed. That's a long, painful story I'm not going to get into. This was a long time ago. But that incident is what made me start creating books on my own and putting stuff out on my own. So it led to my own entrepreneurship. Anyway, um, one day we were at, at Jack Canfield's house, uh, which is not far from Santa Barbara. And, um, Vlad wasn't there. It was me, Kyle, and this dude named Shem. What up, Shem? How you living, bro? I ain't seen you in forever. Anyway, we were at Jack Canfield's house, which is huge and amazing. And I was looking for him, um, in the early afternoon and I couldn't find him and his wife was like, oh, he's he's in that room by the pool. So I go into this room by where the swimming pool is, which was off the chain and um, he's just in a room of books. It, the room doesn't even have, like the view outside is way better than the room that he's sitting in. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm just reading. And I was like, oh, okay. And we were talking, I, I saw all the books. I was like, man, this is a ton of books, man. Like, like you obviously read all these? You read all these? He was like, yeah. He was like, I read a book a day in general. I just come here and I'll read. Pause the tape, homie. Do you understand the intellectual, spiritual, and just overall cranial... Do you understand the advantage of a man who reads a book a day when he sits in a room with anyone? It doesn't even matter what those books are about. 
He can crank through hell of information. And this dude was reading dope books. Now, back in the day when it was on my old school pro black fist up West Hattonians, I was reading no less than a book a month. Okay. Uh, there's a black author named Haki Madhubudi. Haki Madhubudi. And he runs Third World Press. And he had a book called Black Men, Single, Dangerous, Obsolete. And that book was huge in my life. Anyway, he suggested that black men should read no less than a book a month. And so I took him at that and I did it. And so now, because I'm stuck in here, indoors, I'm committing to a book a week. Hold me to that. A book a week. I got the time. You got the time. Right? Why am I doing a book a week instead of doing the classes? I'll tell you because I need to swing between there's certain professional books that I need, like books that I need to improve myself as a writer and, and, and all the stuff that I do in business. And there's books that I need to, to, to improve my personal self, my relationship with myself, my relationship with my family and the people that love me and the people I love. Right? So um, I'm guaranteeing you I'm sticking with this for a while. Uh, a book a week. So I'm going to finish the method probably today. I'll jump into my next book immediately. And I, I invite you to do it with me. Right? Because, and I've spoken on this before. For me, reading has been important because if I don't read, I have a lot of negative stuff in my mental and psychological and spiritual highlight reel. And that stuff makes me get really sad and I will get really depressed and I will, I will, I will, cause I will start to believe those lies. Okay. Um, because it's about negative programming and things, things and trauma. Right. And so I read to process new information to help me heal. Right. As well as obviously improving knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So I hope that you will do this with me. If you do, please tag me at Bishop Chronicles. Right. And tell me on IG and show me the book that you're reading for that week. And let's stay with it. And if you see me fall off, hold me into account, especially my homies that I know. But even if you don't know me, if you're on the other side of the earth, you know what I'm saying? I got fam in the UK. I got fam out there in West Africa. You know what I'm saying? I got fam out there. So talk to me. I got fam in Portland. I got fam in New York. Be like, I thought you was reading a book a week. What are you doing? Hold me to it. Book a week. Let's do it together. What you going to read? So now let's talk about this list I got here of hip-hop tracks, right? On Spotify. It's called Hip-Hop Philosophy. And I'm talking about this idea that hip-hop is the only uh, form of music on the planet that intends to make you smarter at the end of the track than how you entered it, right? So it can be positive or negative, though, right? You might listen to a track by public enemy, like can't trust it and learn about slavery and the impact of white supremacy on your brain, right? And not trusting what comes to you from an enemy, right? Because Malcolm X said, only a fool would let his enemy teach his children. And then you look at the state of American education, you ask, why is, why is Jamil not doing so well? No. Look around. Who's teaching Jamil? Do they love Jamil? I doubt it. Um, but it also might be Dope Man teaching you about the crack game in Compton. It also might be something from A Boogie with the Hoodie or Juice World dealing with syrup and pills because this that's their generation, right, of what they got to deal with, you know? 
Might be something by Black Bear. And you go, wow, man, some of this stuff is kind of beautiful, but it's also kind of dark and scary. Yeah, they living in dark and scary spaces, right? You're going to come out learning more about their world, right? And so when hip-hop is doing its best, it's opening your mind to new ideas and new potential, not just in the world, but specifically in you. So I created a list called Hip-Hop Philosophy. And these are songs... Some of, some of them are stories, some of them are, are, are spiritual, some of them are just like about history, but they're all about helping people come out smarter than when they started the track. I really encourage you deeply, deeply, deeply to um, check this out on Spotify, go to the Facebook page and listen to the songs that I got on there. Um, the first song I put on that list was My Philosophy by KRS-One. Um, Again, a lot of y'all know how I feel about KRS as a person, but that song and a lot of his other songs triggered a lot of people to start reading books, triggered a lot of people to start checking out philosophy and history in Greece and Africa, you know what I'm saying? Latino history, et cetera, you know, and that's important. But also, you know, the the song that really, really tri triggered me to do it was the second song, which is Kanye West, Jesus Walks. That song was amazing and powerful. And a lot of y'all forget that I was raised Christian uh, before I converted to Islam. And my job with that last show, the one with Dr. Suad, um, was not done to convert anybody to anything. I recognize that a lot of people are in a lot of pain right now. Some of them do need to start considering new ways of living after the quarantine or during this quarantine. So um, for those of you that hear that show and it compels you to learn more about Islam, I'm happy about that, but that is not my purpose. And my purpose is to bring you new wisdom. And it is in that spirit that I have MC Nice um, from Lighter Shade of Brown, OG Latin hip hop music, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from, 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 from LA. So shout out to Lighter Shade of Brown, man, you know what I'm saying? Um, he does a lot of work in the Christian rap community and I wanted him to come on and talk about um, the Christian rap scene, the relationship between Christianity and hip hop, because it is not the same. I don't know if you remember the song Crossroads. Um, I think is it is it Crossroads? And it goes, you know, but we are against those thugs, right? That's that's um I think his name was Reverend Calvin Butts, B-U-T-T-S, for real. And he like there were a lot of Christian folks that used to like bulldoze and drive over like rap CDs and records and stuff like that. And um, it was a very contentious relationship between black Christians and obviously white Christians and hip hop. But over time, you started seeing more and more Christian rappers um, bringing more to the game. But at Apex, to me, it wasn't Apex. Apex is not the right word. But a big moment to me was Jesus Walks. Not just because Kanye West made it. It was a great song. A fantastic song. But because the radio played it. I love Jesus Walks because it was on the radio at a time when songs with knowledge about songs, at a time when songs about love were not really getting any shine. But he had made himself so valuable as a producer and a rapper that when he did Jesus Walks, everybody played it. And that's good. Um, it's also one of my favorite songs because a lot of people don't know that Jesus Walks was co-written by a Muslim. 
Why is that important? Because people think, a lot of people think that Muslims hate Jesus and that is not the case. I am a Muslim and I do not hate Jesus. A lot of people don't know that Muslims are supposed to read the Bible and know the Bible and that being raised Christian, I do. A lot of people don't know how much gospel music, the musicality in it has influenced hip hop. And you see that with uh, Dilated Peoples, right? In the song, um, This Way. If you listen to This Way by Dilated Peoples, you're going to hear Kanye's production the first time he starts using gospel, uh, the musicality inside gospel music on a track. And you're going to hear a young John Legend sing hard. And it's beautiful. Go listen to This Way. Go listen to Get By by Talib Kweli, the remix with Jay-Z. You know what I mean? And Busta Rhymes. Y'all forgot that? So I'm letting you know, I got this show specifically to celebrate Christian rap. And I want to give a shout out to my boy, K-Wa, out there in Amsterdam, blood, for the stuff you sent me. I love it and I appreciate you. Yo, my boy K-Wa sent me something uh, crazy from an artist named, I hope I'm saying this right, Datton Tripled? Datton underscore Tripled? <laughs> Hella bars. Don't ever say a Christian rapper can't flow, player. And so we're going to be investigating. If you've been paying attention to the pattern on this show from the beginning, we've been talking a little bit about spirituality, but things, this ain't a religious show. And we've been talking a lot about philosophy, but this ain't a show about philosophy. But I'm trying to help give you guys ideas. This is about hip hop, health, and fitness. I want you to have access to. The discussions about Christian rap, the discussions about Islam and hip hop, the discussions around Buddhism and hip hop. I got one coming up and you ain't ready for it. But you know what you fits to be ready for? For this Christianity and hip hop discussion. And I got my man MC Nice with me and we are about to start that right about now. Before I go, a book I'm going to recommend to all you listeners. An amazing book called People of the Book by Zachary Carabell with a K. People of the Book is about how many times in history Muslims, Christians, and Jews worked together in the medieval times up to now. Well, not up to now. It's mainly in the medieval times. Um, and nobody talks about it. Listen, young people, let me help you out right now. This is the OG speaking to you. Uh, for the last year and some change, I've really been honest when I speak to young people and I tell you that the OGs, a lot of us have failed you. We haven't done right by you. I came from the school of 88 and people that come from hip hop, the school of 88, they're hella proud of themselves. But you know what though? We didn't do a good job of overthrowing the systems and putting the change in that they needed. And that's why a lot of you guys are on syrup, on opiates and tripped out. We didn't have it like we thought we had it. We didn't bring the change we said we were committed to bringing. We rapped about it more than we actually did it. But we tried, we failed. Largely. Not totally. Okay? And so... I tell you that in the spirit of please listen to what I'm giving you, weigh it, use it, toss it out, flip it over, make it work for you. Do whatever you got to do to make it work for you, but be a human while you do it. Don't let as many people die as we did. Don't let as many people get strung out as we did. Don't let the politicians divide us like we did. Don't let some of these religious clowns 
and cult leaders, even in hip hop, derail you like we did. We should have done better. I want better for you. And it is in that spirit that I share everything on Bishop Chronicles with you. That's it. You don't need to believe like I believe. You don't need to pray like I pray, right? So get people of the book. It's going to give you better information about peace and prosperity and brotherhood between Muslims, Christians, and Jews so we can break these cycles of violence, break these cycles of hate, and bring more peace to the planet through bringing priests to your heart, your heart, your, your heart as an individual. So now, this is Farside TV, this is Side Life Radio, this is Bishop Chronicles, and this is MC Nice talking about Christianity, hip-hop, Kanye, Joel Osteen, you know what I'm saying? All of that now. Don't forget to check the Hip Hop Philosophy list on Spotify. Peace to the planet. You know what it is. Adisa the Bishop chilling, repping that West. The whole coast, blood. You know what it is out here. I already told you. So, you know, um, a few shows back, we had uh, Dr. Suad Abdul-Khabir on, and she was breaking down Jay Electronica and the connections between Islam and hip-hop. And if you know me and you know my history, you know that I know a lot about that. You know that I um, have spoken about that, written about that, pioneered a lot of those early discussions around Islam and hip-hop. But what you probably don't know is that I was raised Christian and I went to Roger Williams Christian Academy uh, in my youth. You probably don't know. Um, I'm incredibly well-versed with the Bible. And you probably don't know that I was raised on gospel. I still listen to gospel all the time. Um, and you probably don't know that I'm the only Muslim in my family. So, you know, with my parents being Catholic and Baptist, that my knowledge of Christianity is bigger than, than you would think. And my respect for Christianity is higher than you think. And when I finished my conversation with Dr. Suad, I was like, yo, I need to jump into a conversation about Christianity and hip hop. Um, simply because it's needed, right? These are trying times. Um, I didn't make that show with, with Dr. Suwad to convert anybody to anything, to share the truth, to share what's happening, to share where the pulse is at with Islam and hip hop right now. I've, I've done previous shows on Greek philosophy. I've done previous shows on Buddhism. And we're going to do Christianity right now with um, an old comrade from way back, MC Nice. <laughs> Welcome to the Bishop Chronicles, bro. Hey, bro. What's up? Welcome. Hey, I appreciate you having me. That's real facts. Man, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Um, MC Nice is an OG in West Coast hip hop, especially where the black and Latin, brown and black crack off. <laughs> Will you please let them know your pedigree for those that might not be properly informed. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm glad you called me an OG because I'm still relevant today. You know what I'm saying? So let's start there. Um, yeah, I started out with uh, Lighter Shade of Brown, the first Latin rap group in the history of rap music to uh, crack, crack the billboard charts and open the doors for a lot of Latin artists that follow, whether it be Fat Joe to Big Pun and all of them. You know what I mean? And then ultimately ended up becoming a uh, producer uh, and produced uh, Tupac, produced Nas, uh, Casey and Joe, Aaron Hall, uh, did. Hold on, say that one more time. Slow that down, bro. You 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 dropping bombs on him. You carpet bombing the planet. 
Yeah. Take that list from the dropping bomb. Let them know bombs. one more time. Yeah, man. Um, Tell them. Yo, like, like I said, I co-produced Tupac, Thug's Mansion, the acoustic version that came out off of the record when he died, Better Days, was the Better Days album that is now triple platinum, whoop, whoop, and uh, my man Nas used the record as well, his version on the Godson album, got a platinum Fire. plaque for that, whoop, whoop, so you know, I'm really excited about that, uh, was on six motion picture soundtracks, a movie called Crash, uh, won the Oscar, so it was on that um, uh, on, on that soundtrack along with uh, notables like Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, Haven with Orlando Bloom and Zoe Saldana, Kicking It Old School with Jamie Kennedy, Once in a Lifetime with ESPN. Um, I did Don't also flick. the theme song for the uh, NBA in 2010. I was with a group called Kansas Cali, and uh, we were like the equivalent to maybe like a West Coast version of Outkast. Post bombs over Baghdad, so we had a light, a different uh, vibe to that. So, and then we did the theme song for the NBA in 2010, and then um, you know hooked up with Dr. Fink, who was pr- uh, co-founder of Prince and the Revolution, and we ended up um, getting on the Tribute to Prince album with uh, Pop Life and the uh, Prince hearing it himself and actually loving the record. And then I ended up uh, doing my own, uh, coming out. At that time, I was known as Novelist. You know what I mean? And so, word, uh, word. And, uh, pr- you know, prior to me becoming, I was still in the secular world. Um, and then I put out a record as a secular artist. I changed my name to MC Nice. And MC meaning that, you know, I'm a lyricist. And Nice is simply novelist is, com- is constantly evolving. So I still kept the name mm. novelist, but uh, novelist, is, you know what I'm saying? So every day I evolve, every day is an evolution. So everything, every time I, every day I do things to uh, progress me as a person, as a human. So uh, when I dropped a solo record um, uh, called Tonight, that record hit the Billboard charts for 13 weeks, you know, uh, as an independent artist. And then God, man, I found my way back to God. I started out as a Christian hip-hop artist. But when I started out, like I said, I debuted with Lighter Shade of Brown. So that should give you a little uh, history. Uh, When I started out, the church wasn't checking for rap music. In fact... Yeah, hold on. Stop right there. What year was that, though? Tell the people what year that was, because I want people to understand, <laughs> no, especially no, the youngsters, No, no, I ain't going to give you the year, bro. but let's just say yes. it was in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, in the 90s, the church wasn't checking for Christian hip-hop then. You know what I mean? In fact... Now, why do you think that was? Talk to me about that, because I felt as a hip-hop artist back then that American Christians, specifically black Christians, hated rap music Yeah, well, big time. Did, did, that's because- tell me about how you feel. Yeah, man. Well, you know, um, it's not that they hated Christian rap. Think about it. It was a subculture that they didn't understand. And at the time, rap itself was still fresh and new, period, and was being compared to rock as some type of rebellion music. So the church music, which was primarily worship and praise, quartets and choirs, didn't want their kids, want to hear kids walking around rhyming words for God straight up. They thought it was the devil's music, even though there's no description in the Bible on what devil right. music is, actually. Although some will give you their interpretation of it. Even though, you know, to, to your respect, hip-hop started with as, as a religious music. You know, people really... Yeah, there was a lot of spirituality in early hip-hop, man. Prior, the prior, like the, but it was about oppression. It was about things that was happening, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? In regards mm-hmm. to why we were speaking out in such a tone, you know, and, and 
obviously as it progressed to the west coast music changed drastically in regards to hip-hop but when i was doing it west side <laughs> right you know what i'm saying but when i when i was doing it but it was still it was still about oppression it was just you know we was a little more boisterous about it on the uh on the west yeah. side of life right and so but the church wasn't really having that because the, the it was music that was uncommon to the ear you know what i mean and you were saying words, you were, you were talking, and people weren't really into that. It was like a youth thing, you know. And you know how you, when, right, when you, absolutely. As, as you get older, your parents just be like, "Boy, that ain't no real music. Real music is." Hey, that was what they always used to say. You don't know nothing about music, that walk. Yeah, right, right. That, is, that ain't no Marvin Gaye. That ain't no Whispers. That's that ain't right. no your shit. So, so now what they saying? Oh, that ain't no Jodeci. That ain't no H Town. That ain't no right. <laughs> Yeah, that ain't no public enemy. Right, that ain't no. That, yeah, that ain't no tribe called Quest. That ain't no De La Soul. What's really going on here? You don't know nothing about Rock Him, youngster. Yeah, right, uh, but that, which is my favorite rapper, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, mine too. And and him and Kooji rap. People sleep on how they revolutionized Yo. rhyme styling. You know what I'm saying? So Kooji rap, bro. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, Coogee Rap had bars that will stand the test of time. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you think about these rappers today versus Coogee Rap or Rock Kim, there's no comparison. You know what I'm saying? Coogee Rap. Kids, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. the kids, if you're listening, make sure you go look up Streets of New York and you watch that. And you get back to me. You watch Streets of New York, and then you and then you you show me something. And go listen to Cool G. Listen to what he was doing in the early '90s versus these dudes now. You know what I'm saying? G G Rap had bars like when G Rap strikes the mic, I recite the type of hype that you like to make the people unite. I rip up hits, zip up lips, step on rep. You flip, I wanna sip on the tip. Yeah, I mean, think about think about what he was saying. That's in the '90s with no cussing. You know what I'm saying? So, no cussing. Right. But no. And he was a gangster rapper. Real facts. Huh? That's real facts. He was. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, back, I, I know I strayed, but when we start talking about hip hop, I. No, me too, man. You got me hyped up, bro. You got me hyped up. You know what I'm saying? We apologize to all of y'all. We vibing right now. Um, but we were talking about how the black church wasn't initially checking for, for Christianity. So, yeah, it wasn't checking for Christianity. So, I ended up taking my talents to the secular world. And, you know, and that ultimately mm -hmm. led me to, obviously, Light Shade of Brown. Um, that led me to Tupac and all that other stuff. But then um, uh, in, I think, about 2017, like, God was just, like, saying, at that time, I had already be I had already, I was an executive. Uh, I had I been an executive in the music business uh, through a company that was a, 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 a division of Warner Brothers, right? So I was, I was, a, I was a VP, so I learned marketing. Um, I learned distribution. Mm -hmm. I learned all the different points of uh, of sale and points of marketing to help an artist thrive and become, you know, uh, a, a star. You know what I'm saying? Or mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. I would say successful because you know you can sell right. two hundred thousand records, and if you're an independent, that's very successful. And you, and you you're good. And you won't even, and, and you may not become a star, but selling two hundred thousand copies. Right.
on an independent is very nice, right? And so um, understanding all of uh, all of the knowledge that was gained, you know, it felt like the Lord was pulling on me to come into the Christian hip hop community and be like, yo, because there it was a it was a genre that was underserved from a business standpoint. The talent is there. I can give you artists right now that go toe for toe with the secular artists and may some of them may destroy them. You know what I mean? Mm. We mm. have. Uh, I think we have two of our Christian hip hop rappers are in the top five of the T of the uh, URL right now. The battle leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like they. What? Oh, yeah. Go look up Loso. Go look up the saga or a ward. Them dudes right there is 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 destroying right now in the rap battle leagues. You know what I'm saying? I love it. <laughs> and and they all Christian. I love it. And they and they and they come at it from a Christian perspective. You know what I mean? And you get those bad rappers that come at them and 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 poo-poo on their faith and and talk. But these dudes come with it. You know they really come with it. You should. That's beautiful. So, um, but um, so my my objective was to come back and uh, and help the Christian hip hop world understand that. Uh, Christian hip hop is now a, a, a thriving business because if you think about it from the standpoint of licensing, music licensing, all the t- uh, different TV shows like ESPN, right, is, is youth right. music, uh, different commercials, whether it be Gian- Giannis Antetokounmpo or Steph Curry, they're using the music in their commercials, right? And then you have uh, uh, um, you have movies and uh, NBA 2K used Toby Newigway and. Um, and um, um, 1K few in the game. You know what I'm saying? So Beautiful. But the thing about Beautiful. it is the business side of it, a lot of the artists don't understand that. So from, you know, the music licensing components, they're not really getting the money that they could really make because they don't really understand the business of it. And the re- That side, right. And the reason they don't understand the business of it is because it's never <laughs> been done before. And so we can't, you know, right. the whole objective was to bring what I, um, what I learned um, from the uh, secular side of things and help you know the Christian hip-hop side of things become more acclimated from a business standpoint, a marketing standpoint, and do that. And in order to do that, I had to be successful myself and show them that it can be done. So when I... Mm, smart. You wanted to lead from the front and let them see you do it so that they could know it could be done and, and follow your leadership authentically. Real facts. So what I did was I um, created a Christian hip-hop album um, I did 14 songs in 14 in, in two in 24 hours. So I recorded 14 songs in two day in a in a two day recording session, but it was 12 hours per session. So 14 songs in 24 hours. I released the first song, uh, I Got Angels, in July of uh, 2017, and come November October of 2017, uh, that record was number one on the Billboard charts. Right, yeah. and so. And so, and then turned around and uh, released the, uh, my album at that point. And then my album became the number one gospel hip hop, the one number one gospel album um, on the Billboard charts before Snoop dropped his record and then Kanye ultimately came, wow. did his thing. You know what I mean? So dude, hold on. I got to ask you, I got to run through a couple people that stand out to me as, um, as, as powerful <clears throat> Powerful Christian moments in 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 hip hop. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll name the artist, and you can just say whatever you want. I'm gonna start with what I feel for me was like the most pronounced, obviously, and that is that is 
um, the most pronounced for me is Jesus Walks by Kanye West. I felt like that was a fantastic moment for Christianity and hip hop, not just because the song was dope, right? But because it was played on the radio all the time, incessantly. People, you couldn't keep that off the radio. And I loved that a Christian rap song was seen and heard, not on the underground, not, you know what I mean? Just in the churches and the streets, but in the mainstream. I thought that was a dope moment. It was a, that was an excellent moment. My take on that is it wasn't coming from a Christian hip hop artist at the time. It was a hip. Mm. It was a hip hop artist that was showing his affection and affinity for God, just like Drake dropped God's plan. That didn't make him a Christian hip hop artist. That's just saying, hey, I believe in God, right? And so even with uh, Kanye, you know, when he dropped that Jesus walk, the beat was fire. What he was saying was fire. Like it was just a hit. It was a hip hop dude professing, you know, what we all grew up with Jesus at that point or or Allah. We all grew up with the moment. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, and so at the end of the day, that's why it was well received. Now, let a Christian dude drop that record. Right. You know, at, at that time, it wouldn't have got that buzz because Kanye was on a major situation, which, you know, uh, allowed them to leverage to get that record heard. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 No, that's powerful. Now, what do you think about Kirk Franklin and Stomp? I thought that was 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 probably before Jesus Walks. I think that was probably a bigger mainstream hit from probably a more authentic gospel artist would you would you say like tell me about your your thoughts on that yeah kurt franklin i believe is the one that broke the doors open for christian hip-hop you know what I'm saying? Mm, that's probably totally fair man and, and the reason for that is because the church embraced it maybe not at first because of the one nation under groove sample but they embraced mm -hmm. it and, mm -hmm. and then who did he have as a special feature on that record do you know who I don't remember. Salt from Salt and Pepper. That's right. I was getting ready to ask about Salt and Pepper. I forgot that they were even on that, that she was on that. Right. So you had Salt from Salt and Pepper on that record, right? And then you had the church. Yeah, he incorporated. See, Kurt was smart. He got the choir. He got every, all the elements of gospel involved and then took the beats of the secular side of it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, uh, um... And, 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 and merged the two. So when the church accepted it, they put it on the radio. You see what I mean? Right. And so when the church right. accepted it, now you have no choice on the secular side because it was blowing up. You know what I mean? It was blowing up in, in, on, the, on gospel radio. So, of course, it's going to cross yeah. over. Plus, I know the uh, I know the guy that actually broke that record. And uh, and he had. Wow. And he was over at Interscope. So Kurt had some major, major uh, backing in regards to getting that record broke. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, as far Definitely. as influence, you, got, you know, with anything. And that's what I say to anybody listening. The music industry or any industry you get in, there's a polit there's a level of politics involved. And you have to play the level of politics in order to move. You know it as a journalist that there's politics in this game. You know what I'm saying? And so all over, all over. And they and they leveraged the political side of that and won. And he and he cracked yeah. doors for uh, for Lecrae to come in and be what he you know and be the guy he's become. 
Man, now what about how do you how do you like Lecrae? I actually got introduced to Lecrae to you know I I told you I I, I was working at John O'Connell High School in the Mission, and there was the SRO. The SRO is the school resource officer. They're basically like the on-site cop. Okay. And um, he he's a Latino dude who is is um a great great guy, man, great guy. And um one day because he knows you know obviously that 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 I've been about my hip hop. He was like, Hey man, have you ever heard of Lecrae? I was like, nah. He was like, Hey man, I want you to sit down, man. I wanted to play this for you. And I loved it. You know what I mean? And I've watched Lecrae evolve for people that are not familiar with Lecrae. Will you please like break it down for him and, and, and help them understand his value, um, in, in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Lecrae, man, Lecrae is, is Christian hip hop. He was like the first Christian hip hop artist to have a number one Billboard gospel album. He was the first to win a Grammy Music Award for Best Gospel. I mean, when he launched his mixtape, it debuted on Double XL and had like cameos from Kendrick Lamar and DJ uh, Premier. Man, his breakthrough broke completely through for Christian hip hop as a whole. Being uh, so business savvy, he founded Reach Records, which is currently the Def Jam of Christian hip hop, with major artists from it uh, for the culture. Ultronic, uh, most recently being KB, who's now at Sony, along with uh, Andy Minio, Garvey, right. 1K Few, Juan right. Day, and more. Man, he turned Atlanta himself into a hotbed for Christian hip-hop. It was a dude that had beats and bars, and when folks were you know, uh, thinking that Christian rap was corny, but at the, end, at the end of the day, the onlookers never dove up under the surface to discover you know, artists like Cross Movements, Tunnel Rats, and Gospel Gangsters. Yeah, and today, man, you know, things have, in music, things have changed drastically. Right. You know, and so Lecrae came in and changed all of that. The music was fire, the bars was fired, and and people was like, okay, well let's let's give this a shot. And he turned around and was embraced by the church. You know what I'm saying? And he was in, he was embraced by the church. And once the church embraces you, or you know what I mean, uh that turns your fortune. Everything shifts. Right. <laughs> Everything <laughs> shifts. Right. And so he turned around and be- and won a Grammy. You know what I mean? He was right. the first Christian hip hop uh, a rapper to win a Grammy uh, for uh, for his music. You know what I mean? So, man, crazy bars, man. If you are not up on Lecrae, you you uh, you you need to uh, you you need to you need to check that out. And shout out to Officer Perez from the Mission for putting me on the Lecrae. For real, for real. Now, now we're gonna bring it back to Snoop's album. Um, one of my friends, uh, at, uh, at a high school I was working at, um, put me up on Snoop's gospel album. I don't remember the title of it, but I remember listening to it in a car cruising and I loved it. What were your thoughts on Snoop's album as a rapper and as a, and as a Christian, right? Like as a very deliberate Christian gospel rapper, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, tell me your, tell me your thoughts. Well, as a, as a Christian, I thought it was a great worship album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mhm, mhm, mhm. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah. And and it was a double album. Oh, it could have been a triple album because I think he had like thirty songs on on on. It was big. Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, as a Christian, I thought it was absolute fire. Now, as a rapper, I was just like, "Where's Snoop?" You know what I'm saying? Because mm. because uh, he didn't rap on. He maybe rapped on five songs out of the thirty. Maybe. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of a gospel groove record featuring Snoop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. And so, and so, that's my only thoughts of. And then the records that um that he is on that uh, that uh, that are fire. I'm, I thought he actually came through on. You know what I'm saying? And so nice. for me, yeah. I thought it was more or less of a gospel compilation album and not a real Christian hip hop album. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. That's that actually is fair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he was uh nominated for a stellar award. You know what I'm saying? And um and um and 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 I, I think they won. Now that I mentioned, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. And and I think he won the BET Inspiration album too. But, you know, when you have everybody and their mama on there from the Fred Hammond to the Clark sisters to, you know, Pete, you know, you when, when you have everybody on there, there's no way that you're not going to influence the 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 gospel culture. Because gospel got behind yeah. it. Because everybody was on it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so Yeah, that's word. Great the musically it's a great, great gospel compilation. That's just my opinion. No, I love it, man. I love it. Now, let me ask you something that actually, <clears throat> it just hit me because um, we were talking about Kanye and then it, it just kind of came to me in the middle of your last uh, discussion. That's part of the discussion. You know, one of the things that I've noticed specifically inside the hip hop community uh-huh. is what I will consider or describe as uh, a decent level of rejection for Kanye rocking with Joel Alstein. Now I know Alstein is a is a big name in the in the in the mega church world, and I know he's got a a, a global voice, right? And there's people that are looking at Kanye and they're like, you know, I don't really know what to make of him. There, there are a lot of African-Americans who feel like sometimes that the that the Christian church is not given as much in the hood as they should have and could have given given their their status as nonprofits. You know what I'm saying? As, as for for their religious work. Now, when you see Kanye and and Joel Austin planning to do events and or possibly tours what does the artist in you say, and what does the Christian in you say? Because I'm I'm curious. Yeah, Kanye's arrival in the Christian hip hop space was a very curious one, given that we were seeing the Sunday services gaining more and more uh, uh, notoriety, and trying to understand uh, Kanye is that you know he's a marketing G. Coupled that with the marketing machine of Kim Kardashian, you knew something was up. I believe in the end that uh, at the end of the day, that everyone has the right to worship and praise, however the Holy Spirit moves you. Who am I to judge? You can only I can only judge judge my walk and pray in the end uh, I chose right. Now naturally there are going to be some of these things uh, uh, that we as spiritual beings and humans that we don't like. But that's what prayer is for. You know what I mean? So um, you stated earlier how churches don't give back to the community. I believe that um, that could be said for all churches depending on your location. Like you can go to, right now you can go to Atlanta where there's like a church on every block and they be out in the community man. Even Lecrae was like out building sinks 
thanks for uh, the less fortunate to aid right. during the COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown. I mean, that's just how it is. So with Kanye coming into the Christian hip-hop space, um, even, and even if he didn't claim it, it claimed him on GP being Christian and hip-hop. But did he embrace those who had been in the culture uh, moving it? Excluding me. But did he embrace those that had already been there, like a Lecrae or a Derek Minor, a Bizzle, a Menio? You know what I mean? He might have, and we're mm-hmm. just not privy to the convos. But the appearance is that it did not happen. Why not embrace these brothers and sisters in the Christian hip-hop who had been pushing and pushing and pushing to break it open instead of seclusion and pushing them out uh, uh, to keep them, you know, right. and pushing them out because of your notoriety and your fan base. It's automatic that the Christian uh, and gospel side of things aren't moving as many records as the secular side of things. So it's easier to come in. And if you, you know, you do you do a, a, a decent number, that decent number is number one in gospel. That decent number is number one in Christian. Right. Ooh. And so that's facts. Right. And so you got these artists that have been striving and striving to, you know, impact that. And you don't come in, you don't embrace them, but you you'll introduce, you know, uh, some artists that aren't even in the Christian Christian market that are appearing on your record. And you doing all these churches, you doing all this, you know, what I'm saying. And we go to them like I went to the Sunday service just to, you know, to get a vibe. Right. And, you know, what I mean, because as so tell me. So tell me as someone who went as someone who went. How did it look? How did it feel? And what 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 did you kind of walk away with? Tell it was me. absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it was music church on steroids. Less preaching, mm. more music. He was even using secular records and converting them into gospel. You know what I mean? And and, and it was it was like a real elaborate set. Although he was two hours late, you know. So yeah, it was phenomenal. Right, 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 right. Like remixing the vibe, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So anybody that's coming, they're going to hear records that they know, and he's just putting God bars on them, right? And so, you know, uh, so when you see that happening, and then he turn around, and now he's with Joel, so now he's been embraced by the church church. See, there's the church, right. and then there's the church church. You know what I'm saying? And so... When he he's embraced by that, but yet there's still no level of commitment to the Christian hip hop culture itself. That yo, you could he could have been the real instrumental in in picking up that culture and 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 helping them helping well me because I'm in that in that lane too. Right, right. You know, helping us succeed. You know, as far as getting the name out of uh, the, the culture name out christian hip-hop getting that name out but at the end of the day what he did was 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 perfect he got people talking but he got people playing uh christian hip-hop records that but they still not playing the christian hip-hop artists they're playing Kanye. that's really out there in in the space regularly yeah like, you know look they look it takes a lecrae to get on a record with a tori kelly to really get popping or to get on a record with Ty Dolla Signs to get on versus why can't yes. you just play him, period? Yes. You know, why can't you no, just I play totally a, Der- a Derek Minor, period, or a Bizzle, period? You know, why can't you just play a Jared Sanders, period? Why we have to get on records with people in order for it to be valid if the records are fire? I can see if they yeah. were boo-boo, it's different. But if the records are fire, then they should be afforded the same opportunity as Kanye. And I think that might be the... Uh, the reluctancy of the Christian hip hop culture is that we, uh, hey, we happy somebody's out there championing the uh, the cause, but at the same time, why aren't we being looked at even more so if he then came into a culture and ex- and and and, and uh, turned the lights on? Right, 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 right. Man, so 
Man. So now, with all of that said, as you stand within yourself here and now and you look forward, talk to me about what you see uh, for the future of, of, of Christianity and hip hop and specifically Christian rap, obviously. Well, for me, um, it's, it's, it's really, really dope because I'm putting in a unique position. So uh, coming off those five number one records, um, I had the opportunity to sit down with a few labels because at, the, at that point I was looking to uh, transition to a machine to really take the records over and really uh, expose Christian hip hop, right, to, the, uh, to a whole new brand because, you know, we were moving units. And so when I sat down with a record company, you had all these little people's getting signed, like Little Pump and Little Zan, and they was getting millions of dollars for records that were unproven. Just the mere fact that they had, you know, uh, uh, some some Spotify, you know, uh, numbers, but they didn't really have Billboard numbers. You know what I'm saying? And but they was getting right. million dollar right. deals, and so. Uh, Record companies was like, yo, nice. We can't give you million dollar deals because, A, y'all don't have radio. Chris, talking about Christian hip hop, right? Uh, y'all don't have radio. Um, y'all don't have venues outside of churches. So how are we going to get our money back? Right? Mm. And so what What I did is I got with uh, the label partner, Shawnee G, uh, Chantal, and we went and started a radio station. Right. So we, we, we now uh, we have a radio station called God's House of Hip Hop, GH3 Radio on the Dash platform. Right. And so in GH3, get on it. You know what I'm saying? And in, in doing that, we became the first uh, we, we became the first Christian hip hop radio station to pay artists royalties for their records. So every artist we play, we pay. Right. And so we, we, we set out to do that. Not only that, Dash, the Dash radio platform has over 10 million subscribers a month. Right. 10 plus Woo! subscribers a month. And we are the second largest radio station on the platform. Right. And so ultimately, I love it, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. So we were validated in gospel because we became the first Christian hip hop station in the history of gospel to win a stellar award as gospel hip hop station of the year. Right. The first in a, in a 30, 35 years, 37 years, I think it's 35 years of, of service. Right. And so, and turned around and we were nominated again this year for the stellar, but they had to postpone it to August because of COVID. So we, we figured, right. okay, we got that check. Now with the radio station, we uh, have 18 shows on the platform. So what I'm doing for Christian Hip Hop is opening up the doors and opportunities for the Christian Hip Hop artists to expand their listening base by uh, being able to get, and submit, get on and submit to these 18 shows. And the 18 shows are all over the United States. We have them in Boston, Philly, Atlanta, uh, Houston, uh, Dallas. Uh, Oklahoma, L.A., you know what I'm saying? So we have them all over. Oh, North Carolina. And so the artists, the Christian hip-hop artists, can submit their records to um, these artists. And we're trying to get them uh, savvy in the sense that when you submit your records, that your publishing has to be straight, your writers have to be straight, your registrations for the records. So we're educating them at the same time so that even if they transition over to secular radio or if one of their records become a mad hit, they'll already be prepared to receive royalties. The structure's in place. Right. The structure's in place to make sure that they get paid properly. Amen. Yeah. Right. And so in, in, t in taking that, 
Then we was like, okay, so we have the radio checked off because we know that now radio record companies are secretly signing these Christian hip hop artists because they're trying to get a hold of the publishing because now the music licensing companies want that music. They want that positive hip hop music and they know that they're coming to us to get it because we do anthem type records. All you got to do is think about Will Smith when he came to TikTok. What record did he come to? Coming in hot by Lecrae and Andy Minio. Mm-hmm. 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 You know what I mean? So when you when you think about it from that standpoint, we're like, okay, what's the next move? We won the Stellar Award. We are the number. We, we 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 got we got we got a, a a big radio station that's cracking. What's the evolution of a radio station? Well, Power 106 or KMEL up towards you. They all got right. their own functions, whether it be Power Jam. You know what I'm saying? True. Winterfest. So why couldn't a Christian hip hop station have one? And so we created the uh, first ever. Uh, Christian hip hop music. Uh, well, actually, it's the fa- all faith based hip hop uh, music festival in northern. I mean, I'm sorry, in in the, in the world in northern. I was gonna say North America, which is North America. Yeah, 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 yeah. God's House of Hip Hop 2020 Summerfest, right? And 2020 simply means uh, not the year, but your vision. We're saying through your faith, mm. you have perfect mm. vision. Mm. I love it. It's one It's one of the ones where we come together for a common belief, and that's God. Whether it be God, Allah, Jah, Buddha, Jehovah. Right. However you get down, man. Right. And so, and we... That's what the world needs more of, man. I hope my listeners understand. This is what hip-hop can do for religions and young people that feel and actually are disenfranchised from the elders in their community, from traditional... Judeo-Christian thought from Islamic thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a good thing for young people who are, I mean, look, you can go do the homework on addiction, right? Opiate addiction. You can do the homework on alcoholism. You can do the homework on gang violence. He's he's down towards LA. I'm up in the Bay. We got stories. Oh, yeah. Real facts. So these are are important. This is one of the most spiritual and philosophical important times Ever for humanity because of COVID and everything else. So these kinds of events are important to me. You know what I mean? As as someone who deals with kids and as a parent. The real fact. I I, I second you on that. Yeah. And so with the festival, um, we we invited 65 Christian hip hop, Latin Christian hip hop, and gospel hip hop artists uh, to come through. We we would have had uh, Islamic uh, artists if they submitted, but nobody submitted. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of yeah yeah. At the end of the day, we, we chose uh, 65 artists. They're going to be here in L.A. at the stadium. So we're, we're going to be at, a, uh, at the Bank of California Stadium here in Los Angeles. It is the premier stadium until SoFi gets finished. But right now, it's the premier stadium in all of Los Angeles. And they agreed to let us have a faith-based hip-hop music festival there and so we're, we bring we bring it in the top. We had our, our, uh, our host was Curtis Blow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kurt, our host is Curtis Blow, who is actually a pastor and has a church here in L.A. called the Hip Hop Church of L.A. You know what I'm saying? And it is a straight. I love it. I love it. It's a straight hip hop church. You know what I mean? So you go there. And- I love it. 
and they do hip hop. You know, they, I mean, it's pretty dope, man. And so, you know, uh, and then we had obviously Chris Chicago from Engine Radio and uh, Willie Moore Jr. from the Praise Station. So from the gospel side of things as well. And so for us, it was just a matter of how do we create something that allows all people to come versus some people? Because I've been to the Rolling Loud Festival and uh, and I've been to the Adult Swim uh, Festival just to check it out. And that ain't for, you know, that ain't for... Uh, that ain't for the youth, but our festival. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, no, no. I understand, man. I understand. And I think that's what's important, man, is like, you know, one of the things that, you know, like it, it's easy for either one of us to talk about, you know, the reality of how of how the game is played on the streets. And there's definitely Bloods and Crips and Norteños and Sereños and MS and there's all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know. We need to be using hip hop and creating spaces where hip hop can thrive in its natural state uh-huh. as, as a safe space for the youth. And if it's not doing that, it's really not hip hop to me. And that's not to say, look, I've been to crazy shows, man. You know what I mean? And I know uh, 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 the, the griminess that, that hip hop comes out of. But if we want hip hop to thrive genuinely, right, we have to use hip hop as a vehicle to create safe spaces for young people to to enrich themselves and and and, and thrive spiritually and 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 artistically real facts yeah you know well yo man i want to thank you so much for being on bishop chronicles before we go please tell people where they can get at you at oh man uh you can get at me on instagram and twitter instagram is uh well both of them is the same it's mc nice la that's e m c E E N I C E L A um, on on uh, Facebook is MC Nice Music and then you can also follow the festival www.2020 summer uh, 2020summerfest.com you can go check out our radio station www.gh3radio.com and it's also the same uh, on IG and Twitter for both man so much, bro. So much gratitude. Uh, anytime you come to the Bay, please look me up. I would love to hang out, have some dinner. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and always know that, you know, uh, anything that you're doing and anything that you're sharing is always welcome on Bishop Chronicles. And, and I wish you nothing but but success with everything you're doing. Right yeah, now. man. Right. I, I, truly, I truly appreciate you having me on. Be sure to tell everybody to go pick up that MC Nice Rock the Body record. It's out right now. Uh, it's, yeah, if you like bars, I give you some mad bars on on that. And <laughs> it's got a it's got a nice little vibe. When you check it out, you'll be like, yo, this is what I'm talking about. So be sure to go pick up Rock the Body right now featuring Alonda Rich. It's on all platforms. Go get that. You heard? Also, quickly, before I go, don't forget to follow my homies at Dream Brand. But instead of a D, use a J. At Dream Brand. You're going to see a picture of me on my IG rocking this amazing gi by them. And uh, I love this gi so much. Um, it's so dope. And so follow and 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 help them out get a little something get something from at prideclothing.co they fuse hip-hop and jujitsu like nobody's business follow at moros merch m-o-r-o-s moros merch come on man you see that latest hat they got rocking copping also at guard what's yours at guard what's yours you know what I'm saying they do a lot of dope gear for no gi jujitsu people please like, don't stop dressing up like you still got stuff to do. Don't stop, you know, 
rocking stuff fresh. Don't stop shaving. Don't stop, you know what I'm saying, keeping your hair fresh. You know what I'm saying? Don't stop keeping your bed in order. Don't stop, right? I know the quarantine is here, but you got to do stuff like that, okay? Stay strong. Teacher, what style is that? 